Hello and good day everyone, this is Kevin Finkel here. Welcome to episode number 42 of Magic the Final Frontier. It's a podcast all about the MTG Frontier format where we keep our listeners up to date with what is new, powerful, and interesting in the world of Frontier. And I'm Ryan Schwenk, the uh, Japan hobbyist out of Tokyo, Japan. And I am Matt Murday, back from the dead and thrilled to be back on the podcast, guys. It's been a while. Good to, good to be here. The man who needs no introduction. All right. Yeah, if there's anything that can get people excited, even get Matt back on the show for a little while, it's new cards. And uh, this is not our spoiler episode that will be coming out once we've got a full spoiler around. But we've already had some big news, stuff that's so important we can't not talk about mm. it. So we've got to go a little bit into Return to Return to Ravnica and how excited we are for what's coming out of this set and how it will affect Frontier. Yeah. Big things that we want to talk about are Shocks are back. Yeah. That's huge. That's enormous. That will probably take up most of this episode as we try and talk about where that's going to have some impact. Mm -hmm. But there's also already been a few interesting cards. We're starting to see, we've seen at this point what all of the mechanics are going to be. So I'd kind of like to just talk about what we're hoping to see what we think we'll see, what these mechanics are maybe going to be able to do, where they'll fit into Frontier. So uh, why don't we start with that? For anyone who doesn't listen to any other kind of magic news, we'll quickly run through what the mechanics are, but hopefully you guys are following what's been going on, you guys hear what mechanics are, and you know all that before us, because I'm sure there's more interesting ways to hear about yeah. Mentor and Surveil and all the things we're hearing. So but let's run through this real quick. Okay, so I'll go... I had one that I wanted to talk about. I mean, I was I was... Because I'm a token player, I play Mardu tokens mm-hmm. a lot. I was kind of excited about the mentor ability, uh, which is uh, whenever you attack with this creature, you get uh, you get to put a plus one plus one counter on a creature of lesser power. But yes. but so far, I'm not too impressed by the cards that have it on it. I feel like the removal is just too good in in frontier to to make these mentor cards matter it, it's a good so you effect need to have the creature live for a turn stick yeah. around and be able to attack so that's tough yeah if you can keep your creatures around it could be a great effect you know you just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger but i i feel like it's that's not going to happen in frontier they're going to be like no fatal push or no um i don't know lightning strike I feel like it's a classic, like kind of overcosted and also slow Boros mechanic that we always get, you know. <laughs> uh, poor Boros, they never yeah. tweak it. Battalion was so good, and I'm just kind of like let down by by Mentor. Yeah, I do think though we've already seen one Mentor card that we'll probably see play this uh, the new Rabble Master basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so the same cost, it's a two-two, same ability that it creates a one-one red Goblin creature with haste. At the beginning of your attack step, mm-hmm. and it, the um, but goblin instead has of the plus attack. one plus zero ability, yeah, the goblin has to attack. But instead of the plus one plus zero ability, this one has mentor, so it pumps up the goblins and makes them to two twos. So you don't need additional creatures; it does that on its own. But he has to attack. I feel like it's a so that's the drawback. The he he himself doesn't have to attack. Well, yes, yeah, it's whenever this creature attacks, put a plus one plus one counter. Oh yeah, he has to attack to give the plus one yeah. plus one counters, but he doesn't have to attack. No if there's not an open spot for him. Sure. So I think this 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 uh, version of Goblin Rabble Master is actually quite a lot worse than just Goblin Rabble Master. Um, and the primary reason for that is that in Frontier, we primarily use Goblin Rabble Master paired with uh, Copter to break stalls. So you basically, mm-hmm. you have this Goblin Rabble Master, 
um, building this army of tokens as the game progresses. Um, and you're basically hiding them in your copter when you can't attack through that sea joiner, right? Until you just have enough to just break the stall. Um, mm. So I just... Whereas this guy doesn't actually get that prolonged advantage from his mentor effect, like the rabble master will from his plus one plus O. Oh. So I, I'm not I'm not mm -hmm. actually super impressed. I think this guy's just worse than Goblin Rabble Master. Yeah, well, yeah, like you said, Goblin Rabble Master can win by himself, but at the same time, this guy doesn't force all of your other goblins to attack, which you know I think is a, a kind of good from a defensive point of view. I don't know if you want to be defensive in a red deck, but that option is available to you if you play Legion War Boss. Uh, so the main reason, if you're, how do I explain this? Like you're hiding things in Copter, right? When you're using mm -hmm. Goblin Rabble Master. So there's no need mm -hmm. to always attack. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. I think that was a great idea when people were using Rabble Master, when it was seeing more play. And it kind of fell off because if you've got Copter living anyways, you're probably in a great spot. You don't need the Rebel Master plus Copter, so that synergy sort of is a win more. Yeah, and I think we just don't see a lot of Rebel Master type cards in the format as is because we just don't tend to need. Um, it's not like modern where having a quick clock is really important for like uninteractive decks. Basically, mm -hmm. every deck in, mm -hmm. in in Frontier can just kill your Rebel Master. So. Yeah, there's not really any decks that are just playing zero removal for the most part. So. Next mechanic. So I, I was thinking about how this could work with one of the other ones that uh, got spoiled. The Celestia mechanic. Convoke. You, know, you tap a creature. So we're talking about like the whole smuggler-copter interaction here. Um, if this Legion Warboss is making token each turn, we can use those tokens to bring out a, a big creature like in green or white or green-white. What do you guys think? Hmm. So we have Convoke in Frontier right now, and it's not seeing a ton of play. We have Stoke the Flame and Court of Calling, and I think those are really the only Convoke cards being played. Mm. So far from what I've seen, I'm afraid we're going to get some more of the same, of just like big, expensive cards, but not enough enablers to make it so they're really easy to cast, so they're kind of just mediocre. Mm -hmm. um, you, you did touch on real quick one thing that I didn't mention, is that we are only getting five of the ten guilds of... Ravnica in this set. Yeah. It's called Guilds of Ravnica, but we're only getting five of them. So we're only going to see green-white, green-black, black-blue, blue-red, and red-white as our five kind of color pairs in this set. Mm. I mean, I think Convoke is just like a historically powerful uh, or interesting, anyway, uh, mechanic. So I like, I'm intrigued to see what they do with it. Uh, so far, I'm not super excited, but like it, it's, it's, hard, in... it's hard to argue with things like Court of Calling, you know, where it's just like there's something mm -hmm. undeniable about that where even if we're not seeing it's not seeing play in frontier uh it's hard to argue that there's not something there mm -hmm. okay that's fair um but yeah so far i've mostly just seen kind of big guys there's like a nine drop seven five and like a ten drop sixteen sixteen those seem difficult in frontier like uh, they don't, neither of them has trample either like It'll be tough to see those really see play over what's already available. Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, they're, I was going to say they're they're great and limited. Yeah, sure. Yeah, this is going to be a fun limited format. I can tell already. Uh, a lot of these f abilities will be very exciting there. Yeah, I think with Convoke, it's all down to how how well they decide to push it, like, and what they decide to mm -hmm. do with it. We we don't have anything yet for sure that's going to make any waves whatsoever. So. 
Are there any decks right now that you think would be like, oh yeah, any Convoke card, it's going in the green-white tokens deck that doesn't exist? Yeah. You know? No. Um, it depends. Like, if they had, like, a Convoke spell that's, like, it gives all of your creatures plus-plus, then I would totally play that, like, in a green-white tokens deck. Hmm. Now, we haven't had anything like that where there was actually a good effect from... I mean, yeah, we've had powerful creatures, but nothing that had, like, an amazing enter-the-battlefield effect or some kind of anthem effect there hasn't been anything like that yet i wouldn't mind seeing like an overrun effect like just yeah you could you could actually just make it like super super cheap and uh Hmm. like just by having enough creatures out i don't know that would be cool interesting i mean that's tough because you don't want to overrun you want to be attacking with your little yeah with your uh, little i think it adds interesting tension to the design like they couldn't yeah they couldn't cost it too highly i think in, in the modern world, like I think overruns just kind of overcosted for what it does. So like mm-hmm. y- you could even just reprint overrun, I think, with convoke, and and oh no way, you don't think no so? Way. Okay, like it's such a broken limited card. Hmm. No matter what, like they wouldn't print overrun on its own put it, right now. I think put it at mythic then. Yeah. Plus, I could see like a plus four, plus four for six with convoke or something like that at mythic. Or I'd like I'd like to see like a Crater Hoof Behemoth type card with Convoke. That would be exciting, yeah. So at least it gets that mm. bonus and it gives some of the other ones that aren't tapped to bring it out that bonus. So it's it... Alright, that's a good that's a good convoke prediction. Do you have any um mentor predictions? Anything you want to see there? I haven't really thought too much about mentor. Like and I'm I'm just hoping something has some kind of protection to it. Maybe like uh some kind of ability that lets you um give it indestructible so that you Hmm. can attack with it and still give that plus one plus one to another creature that's what i'm hoping for or something with a lot of toughness so that it's easy to attack my mentor prediction is that legion war boss is the best mentor card in the set (laughs) and sees sees very little play my convoke prediction is court of calling reprint Hmm. Hmm. okay interesting all right next one what do you guys want to talk about next? So I had kind of was going to segue into this as far as where there's decks existing right now that would want to see it. And the, I want to talk about the green-black mechanic, which is undergrowth. So it says there are different abilities, but they all are, care about how many creature cards you have in your graveyard. So we've seen a few effects like this before. There's like that one for human soldier that does damage equal to the number of creatures in your graveyard. There was, like, Strength from the Fallen. I kind of like these effects, and I think that if we get anything powerful with Undergrowth, it will fit right into a Rally kind of deck. So I'm really excited to see what comes from this. Rally, Jund, you know, we have green-black graveyard decks in the format right now, so I want to see what they can do. Um, So far, we haven't really seen much. We saw a Necrotic Wound, which is minus X, minus X on a creature, and we saw a, like, kill a creature... Or no, you, you... creature gets plus x plus zero and menace for four mana like that's not really a uh something real so what i'm reading just from like the kinds of cards we've seen on this and maybe this is just like mm-hmm. the cynic in me talking but i think this is the throwaway mechanic of the set this is the mechanic where it's just like <laughs> limited fodder you know they're just like we're not putting anything playable in this mechanic and i think i think we're just that's possible but at the same time if we got something like a two or three mana creature that when it either enters the battlefield or dies, maybe one of those two, 
an opponent loses life equal to the number of creatures in your graveyard. That would be bonkers yes. in reality. Yes. I mean, if if they costed it at like three mana or something like that, but if they print something like that, it's going to be like five mana for sure. <laughs> so you think they're not going to? They're they're afraid of reprinting something like Gary, which is just going to be oppressive. Yeah, I, I don't think we're going to see anything good out of this mechanic at all. I'm, I, I'll bet I would bet money on it. My prediction for undergrowth is that uh, it will see some play in, our, in the frontier graveyard strategies like Delirium and Delve. And what they will be doing, or what people will be doing, will be playing that instead of a card like Murderous Cut, for example. Because mm. you don't really want to use Murderous Cut to kill something if you can do it better with another card that doesn't take cards out of your graveyard. Because then you can maximize you know the amount of cards you have for other delve strategies you know like for playing like tassiger or Gurmag angler or like if you wanted to leave your cards in there for delirium you know I mean, or for like an Emrakul, then I, I think you'd want to have the undergrowth card instead of a delve card but i mean murderous cut doesn't see play and not because it's competing for well, resources some... but because it's there there are better cards in the format now like we just it's have some, it sees some play but it's like a one or two of and usually it's like either from sideboard or just like a, a one of in a main deck. I mean, yeah, but I mean, it's always kind of been that way. Like, it, I don't think it's ever going to be more than a one of. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I don't think it's a... I think the other, sorry, I, I think the other thing we can think about, though, is that if Green Black is getting this mechanic, even if it, the mechanic itself is never great, if we're getting more enablers in the green and black colors, those are colors that are already playing graveyard strategies. So we'll be excited to see more ways to mill your deck, more ways to turn creatures into your graveyard mm-hmm. to power up other things like Scrap Beep's Crown or Grim Flare or whatever else you're trying to do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And those are the cards, I think, to be excited for. Um, in my experience, mm-hmm. ex- uh, mechanics that require things to be in your graveyard, just like a certain number of things, especially when you attach it to removal, it's just, it, it looks better on paper than it actually is in practice. Mm. Yeah, yeah. All right, why don't we move on to the blue-red ability. Jump starts. Matt, you want to take this one? Uh, yeah. I mean, I can't read it off because I'm stuck looking at this screen, if you guys recall. Oh, so I'm actually, yeah, so, oh yeah, that's fine. So that's fine. jump start is that you may right. cast this card from your graveyard by discarding a card in addition to paying its other costs. Then you exile. So it's kind of like flashback, but it's always the same cost, except you add the discard a card ability. Hmm. So it's not a card advantage in the way that like Think Twice would be, right? But I think this is actually mm-hmm. a pretty powerful mechanic um, as just ways to pitch cards and like get value out of your graveyard kind of always is, right? So like, if you're pitching a Scrap Heap Scrounger or something, uh, that, that's mm-hmm. a pretty big difference than just being like, oh, I'm, I'm down a card now, you know? Or if you Mana Flood, it's a good way to get rid of your land and, you know, get some value out of it. Yeah, and if you can get copies of it into your graveyard, you can you know discard a card with jumpstart to a jumpstart card, and then you've got that extra value in the graveyard already. Yeah. Um. So it depends on what we see with it. So far, we've seen kind of some commons for it. Nothing that I think is going to be particularly impactful. If we see anything with a little bit of power, though, I, I think we could see quite a bit of like I, I think this will see some play. Yeah, initially one of the more powerful mechanics. Definitely excited to see what they do with it. You have any uh, hopes or predictions for this mechanic? Well, yeah. I mean, I I want to think, or sorry, I w- I would like to think that they're gonna print, reprint something like a Bedlam Reveler, um, which you know mm. it 
they're printing a lot of these cards in this set that have like the spells and graveyard matter type type effect. I think like the new Ral Ral Zarek does it, and there's a couple uh, other ones I think that do the same thing, where the number of instants and sorceries in your graveyard give it some kind of effect. So Bedlam Reveler seems like it could fit in possibly. The name could fit into Ravnica really well, I think, especially like in a, a Rakdos type guild. But its ability, I hmm. think, fits in really well with Jumpstart. You, know, you put stuff in the graveyard, and then you know you can cast it for cheaper. I or mean, you could play it and then discard your hand, which have Jumpstart, and then you can play those again. I mean, I definitely think between that and the next mechanic we're going to talk about, um, we're getting. I think we might be finally getting the kind of critical pieces to make the bedlam reveler cryptic serpent deck work where mm -hmm. i could see that yeah because i mean that was i think the stronger version of um the, the grixis kind of good stuff mid-range list that i always run um with the other version being mm -hmm. thing in the ice um, but it really struggled with a few things um, one of them was mana and it needed just a little bit more in the way of enablers to turbo out these big fatties yeah. um so between um, cards here, and I can already see a few cards that make sense to play in this kind of deck. Um, and then also the next mechanic that we're, I, I assume, going to jump right into now. I, I think. Yeah, we can yeah, jump I right think... into that. I'll come back after. So the last one is Surveil from Demir. So this is one that, yeah, I'm maybe most excited about. It already seems extremely powerful. So Surveil, it'll be Surveil X, and then you cast a spell, and then you basically scry, but better. You will look at the top X cards of your library, and you can either put them into the graveyard, put them back in any order. It's basically like having Search for Escanta on your card. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but it's kind of the Search for Escanta effect, where it's better than Scry, because instead of putting it at the bottom, you can put it in your graveyard if you want. Mm. And we've already seen some really good cards for this, so I think this is going to be definitely an impactful mechanic. Um, so we've already gotten a counterspell for three mana with Surveil 1, mm -hmm. which is, I mean, Dissolve was a great card that, if we had in Frontier, would be seen to play. And this is better than that, because, you know, you get to put things in your graveyard, fuel your dig through time, mm -hmm. all that. Yeah. We also got Thought Erasure, which is so far one of the cards I'm most excited about. So this is blue-black, target opponent reveals their hand, you choose a non-land card, they discard that card. I've been saying for a while that I'd love to just see, like, black-black for that ability, but this is blue-black. It has that, and it surveils for one. So you can put two cards into your graveyard. This that's just this card looks fantastic. I'm so pumped to try this out in a Reveler uh, Cryptic Serpent list. Um, this is one of the cards that I think is like just straight up four of. Boom. Let's see what let's see what happens. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah the uh, I was gonna say like Frontier needs more duress type effects that aren't overcosted. I think they had like a couple three mana ones, and you know that maybe became like cheaper. I guess you know if you. You know, you had some. If you did something, I can't remember what the, what they were especially, but like right sure, now. Sure, I mean, duress and transgress the mind are what we are seeing yeah. play right now. I feel like this is going to be right away. It'll be the best discard spell in front of you. Yeah, I, I agree, and especially I'm, in the four color control decks. Don't play four color control. That's bad. <laughs> um, <but laughs> That's I think I can all the time. Yeah, but that doesn't make it good. <laughs> anyway, point is, I think I do think it's going to be the best discard we have in the format. Um, I mm -hmm. don't think it's good enough unless you're getting value out of the discard effect, out of the uh, double card in the graveyard. So if you're if you're a deck that can um, get value out of your graveyard, this might be good enough. I'm not 100% certain because um, two mana is a lot for this effect. Like it is a, it is negative on tempo, 
but uh, mm-hmm. I sometimes yeah, yeah always it's always negative on tempo because you're never answering well not if you take a three drop or something well that's not tempo because they didn't use that mana right so you're just yeah yeah that's fair. yeah yeah so you're you're spending okay. mana to get they're not mana basically mm-hmm. I mean this this bodes well for cards like Tassiger I think you know like some kind of Tasker control mid-range type deck yeah like I said I think it goes into a lot of the uh, Grixis just fatties lists so mm-hmm. some of those mm-hmm. are Tassiger lists like leaning on Delve and Gurmog Angler and Tassiger um, other ones are like I was talking like, about Bedlam Reveler and and uh, Cryptic Serpent um, Thing in the Ice isn't quite as as durable in a format of control, unfortunately, mm-hmm. uh, but it does have some pretty sweet game and do a lot of aggro decks. So, some pretty what? Can you say that again? A uh, pretty big game into a lot of the aggro decks. Yeah. Okay. See, I'm I'm happy to just play this in blue black control and you know drop my gear hulks and and uh, dig through times easier. I'm I'm not as sold of it. As, sorry, I'm not as sold on it in a main deck. Um, control situation. Hmm. <clears throat> All right. So. All right. Mechanics. So that's kind of the four mechanics. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna say, did you have any other predictions for cards we haven't seen Server Veil? I also was gonna say I didn't have. Uh, I didn't jump in there with Jumpstart. I, I one thing I've I've heard a lot of people saying is that they'd like to see a Jumpstarter Mage, kind of a flashback. You know a. Um, yeah, something that... Snapcaster Mage, but with Jumpstart instead. Yeah, so you don't actually get it back unless you discard something. So, it's not I bad. think that's still 100% playable. I think that would still see play in modern, mm-hmm. maybe even older formats if it, if it existed. And I don't know two about mana that. Card, three mana card? Well, I'd hope for a two mana. Like, I, I'd love to see it as just the same thing, like a, a two-one with flash for two maybe, would be great. Maybe yeah. in red. It has to be two mana to see play. It has to be. Mm-hmm. Or maybe make it. Although I could see them blue. making it like a one-one, and then just be unplayable. I think you'd have to make it red-blue to kind of give it another, you know, handicap so that people don't play it as easily. Because if you put it like just in red or just in blue, I think you're you're just asking for trouble. I don't know. I think it'd be fine. I think it's. I don't know. We have Jace for his prodigy. He doesn't see that much play. He has more raw card advantage. I don't know. Mm. I think I think it'd be fine. I also think a uh, if we get a counter spell with jumpstart, even like two and two blue counter target spell with jumpstart would see play. Mm. All right, I gotta so say, I, I think, think that's, that's sorry. I gotta say, I think that seems unlikely given we have the counter spell, the three mana counter spell with surveil. I know that. I mean, that three mana counter spell with surveil is sweet. Yeah. But then if you surveil and you mill that counter spell, then you've got any card in your hand as counter spell at any time. That's got to be awesome. Yeah, it is pretty cool. All right, let, let's move on to the most important thing coming out of this set, which is going to be Shocklands. This is what everyone's waiting for us to talk about. They're like, come <laughs> on already. Yeah, uh, This is, oh, God, Frontier's burning. What's going to happen? Yes, everyone's Whoa. like, it's over. It's broken. Yeah. So is it broken? What's this going to do to Frontier? I don't think it's going to break it. I mean, I mean, I think it's, it's going to, like, really shift the entire metagame. But I don't think it's going to break the format. I just so, think people are going to have to build their decks differently, which means you're going to be playing a lot of cards that we didn't think about playing before. I I wish I still agreed with you. I really do. <laughs> I think almost nothing's going to change, unfortunately. No? Hmm. Um, Interesting. I think, I think the biggest problem 
Um, I think a Tarka Red is still just going to be the best deck in the format. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, the one reason I was kind of always so excited about Shocklands is because Abzan mana is so bad. And Shocklands, especially enemy-colored lands, really, um, would alleviate that. Would would help Abzan to kind of get over that awkward mana base. Um, but the unfortunate reality is that one of the main reasons Abzan used to be good is because it just had good matchups all around the board into the top tier lists. And unfortunately, it, it no longer does, right? Like, unfortunately, Atarka Red just runs it over right now. Uh, well, and I think that's true question. of what a lot other of... other aggro decks? I mean, I think everyone knew that Atarka Red was going to get better, you know, because of Shocks. But what other aggro decks do you think will get better as well? So, so let's let's go a little more in depth there. Why do you think that a Tark Red gets better? Is it just because people are going to be playing shocks? They're going to be taking damage off their mana, and that makes an aggro deck better. Or do you think that hey, we get to take Forest out of our deck? That's the worst card in our seventy-five. That makes our deck significantly better. Both. I personally don't think it does get meaningfully better. I think it's like, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, people will have a little less life, but they'll also be faster to answer you and set up their own board state. Um, if they're choosing to take that damage so i don't know like i just i don't think it matters i think it's a wash it's just atarka red is already the best deck i think so Mm -hmm. it and it it's the best deck by enough that what other decks are gaining with shocklands isn't gonna you know bridge the gap all right bold prediction atarka red is dead in Guilds of Ravnica so they would have to print here's my reasoning here's my reasoning is that right now, blue-black is not a good Atarka Red matchup. It's been seeing a lot of play in Japan, and because of that, we've been commenting on how Japan has been going to other red aggressive strategies. We've been seeing blue-red aggro. We've been seeing Mardu Vehicles did well, black-red. Because all of those decks have better hate against control decks, Mm. I think with Surveil, blue-black is going to get so much better that Atarka Red specifically will not be the best aggro deck, and we will see something like blue-red instead. That's my bold prediction here. Mm. So you mean more like, uh, not so much in Soul Artifact, but maybe like the... Uh, like a blue-red prowess, prowess deck. Yeah, and that actually um, Something that can play eight. Fevered Visions, something that can play Treasure Cruise with Shocks. Yeah, or the uh, Umezawa Tetsuko deck. You know, where that's, no, not that's that not, not an aggro deck. <laughs> that made a top eight as well. I was surprised. Salt formation. <laughs> um, I think my hot take, though, is that aggressive decks in either enemy colors or three colors had a lot of trouble before. It was hard to play something like a green black aggro or a red blue aggro. Mm. It was very hard to play something like a Mardu aggro or even a Jeskai aggro. They, they really struggled if they wanted the actual three colors, Yeah, and this will make that a lot more possible. So I think other aggro decks are going to be able to see some more play that they weren't seeing before. I don't know about that, because I think, I think like, at least when you talk about Mardu, I think Mardu vehicles, right? And I don't think there's going to be a better way to play an aggro Mardu strategy now that we have these lands. I think it's still just going to be Mardu vehicles, which does have a pretty good land base. Mm-hmm. It has an okay land base, but it'll be nice to be able to confidently play like red-black on well. three and white-white on four, or, you know, things like that that you couldn't... Re- like, you were really stretching your mana, you were taking a lot of damage in Mardu to be able to play white on one and still be playing things like double red later on. Yeah, I mean, that, that's fair. It, it'll make it a little Fetches better. Fetches are never going to be dead. I think the biggest thing um, for me is I think this is going to open up tier two a lot. There's going to be a lot more room for 
exploring that tier two, which is, and those are fun decks, right? Mm -hmm. So like, I'm really excited to see what people can finally do in just Jeskai colors, you know, or teamer colors. Yeah. I'm, I'm less optimistic about teamer because I don't think there's as much payoff, (laughs) but like, if you look at, if you're looking at Mantis Rider and telling me there's not a deck there, I don't know what you're, I don't know what you're smoking, man. Mm-hmm. And they actually get both of their enemy colored duels this set, which other, I don't think any of the other shards do. I have another prediction. Okay. Um, shocks when shocks are released in Frontier, uh, we will stop seeing Battlelands altogether. No more Battle Ooh. for Zendikar lands. I do not agree. I, I also don't agree. agree. I, I'm definitely going to still be playing Battlelands. Like if I'm playing blue black, I'll probably have one shock and maybe two. Of the uh, sunken hollow. Yeah. Agreed, hundred percent, hundred percent agreed. I, I think in this format, it's not trading your life for speed. Just doesn't have the same impact it would have in a format like modern. It, will there still be enough basic lands then to pl- play them untapped? That's my question. Like if you're playing, it depends on the deck. If you're playing battle lands and you're playing shock lands and you're playing fast lands or, or pain lands, whatever, are you still going to have enough basic lands? I mean, it's going to be kind of tough. It's going to get more challenging. I mean, I mean, my, my example was pretty specific. In blue-black, they do have a lot of basics. They only have two colors. If you're talking an enemy colored, or if you're talking, you know, a Tarka red, which is almost all red, almost all mountains, mm-hmm. you probably will not see them, but it, you had something too, Matt. Yeah, I, I don't think that, I don't see it that way at all. I think, uh, I, I'm with Fink on this. I don't think it's that hard to build a three-color mana base. Um, you know, you use one, maybe two shocks, and that's, just for situations where you need to pull them out early for whatever the matchup is. Uh, but otherwise, it, it, and it's pretty easy to kind of adjust your mana base as is for that, I think. Like, I don't think you need to really change the number of basics at all. And on top of that, we only have the five in this set. So if I'm playing black-red, I'm obviously still going to be playing Smoldering Marsh. Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying, like, once we get all of them, I don't know if we're going to revisit this, you know, same topic before, you know, the next uh, set comes out. But I'm just kind of like in general, you know, once we get all these, these shock lands, will we be using the battle lands less? That's what I was trying to get at. I'm sure we'll bring it up. I, I mean, here's the thing, right? I think if you're looking at modern and trying to make this prediction, I don't think that's fair. Because modern is basically a format where you say, it, I'm going to get to three or four mana. I'm going to do my thing mm-hmm. and that's going to win the game. Whereas if we're looking at Frontier... That the games tend to drag out longer than that, and mm-hmm. I think they tend to be one. Um, you can you can lose a game by three health pretty easy, and as much as that does happen in modern, if you're losing the game by three health in modern, it's usually because you actually just did your thing slower, rather than you fetched uh-huh. wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas I think I think the risk of fetching and like shocking yourself is is quite a lot higher. So it's shocking. Sorry, couldn't you cut out there? Sorry. So with shocking yourself in Frontier, um, I think the risk is higher because it, that's more of the total damage that will be dealt to you, mm-hmm. I think, because the game's going to last longer, um, yeah. and they're not going to just like blow you up, right? They're not going to have like 18 power on the board on turn three. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so another part of this is kind of, you know, another part of this prediction Will people be playing more fetch lands now that you can, you know, find pretty much any color that you need? You know, if you're only playing those two shock lands, maybe or two or three shock lands, are you going to be playing more fetch lands? I think yes, and I think that's kind of a bad thing. Like green black before probably wouldn't really play any fetch lands. 
and now they're going to um, probably the similar if someone's playing like blue red they'll play fetch lands and they wouldn't have before yeah. so that's a bit of a downside for me of this um, I think that people will have to play slightly more expensive mana bases those be kind of forced into it and uh, there's definitely value in doing that but yeah I think that will people will people will play more fetch lands I think people who were playing eight before might play ten mm-hmm. I mean I've always maintained that especially in a deck with like fatal push or something ten is the right number so mm-hmm. I don't find at least with like the current mana bases, I don't find it to be that painful. Uh, so especially with the kind of upsides of like a lot of decks want to fill their graveyards and like there's lots of little things that it matters. So, so like, would you play Windswept Heath in your Tarka Red now? Um, so I think no, but that's only because it's a twenty land deck and there's just not room for ten fetches in a twenty land deck. Okay, that's fair. So yeah, I mean, if you're playing Abzan. You'd be playing pretty much four with uh, windswept teeths and four uh, wooded foothills now. I think at minimum, I think you're at minimum looking at eight fetchlands for Abzan. Or, yeah, and then you could also play uh, what do you call that? Uh, Blessed Saint Meyer as well, if you wanted to. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah, no... you'll have to see how you want to do it because you only have the green black. You don't have the black white yeah. right now. We could actually probably do a little bit on building a mana base with fetches because I think that. That'd be a good, a good topic yeah, this is, this for the is an future. interesting conversation. Yeah, That'd a topic, topic for another for time, though. Yeah. yeah, 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 another for another um, time. Or maybe hit us up on Twitter if you're trying to build a mana base and you're not sure what to do. You guys have any other predictions about before we get into like cards and like archetypes and not archetypes, but like cards and color combinations? Well, I don't do you think we'll go any... too deep on colors this week, but, just because we will still have a full spoiler episode yeah. for you guys in the future. Well, do you have any other predictions about the impact of Shocklands? Hmm. Like, how this will affect the metagame or deck building, or etc. Kind of like I said earlier, I think Tier 2 is going to open up a lot, and I think Tier 1 is going to large, largely stay the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason for that is I think, the, I think the decks that are Tier 1 aren't Tier 1 because they're mana. I think they're Tier 1 because they just have really strong cards and strong interactions. Mm-hmm. Um, like a, a Tarka Red is is just a pile of kills you fast, right? Um, <laughs> blue black control is, I guess it, you could say it's it's good because it's mana, um, but it, it is just like a big stack of removal and like Scarab God and Torrential Gear Hulk and Dig Through Time. A big so. a big stack of what? Yeah, a big stack yeah. of removal. I agree. Okay. I think that's a good uh, I think that's a good prediction as well. Uh, um, I, I think that we will see more aggro decks, but I do think that's a good prediction to say that. A lot of it will not change as far as what decks are are strong. Do you guys think think life gain will become more important in Frontier? No, because there's no good life gain cards. That's and that's the only reason. If there were good life gain cards, we'd see more life gain. Like, like Lyra, Mm -hmm. or you know, Lyra Dawnbringer, Soren, and of course Siege Rhino. We'll probably see some undergrowth card that gains you life for the uh, number of creatures in your graveyard. Mm -hmm. It will probably not be very good. And uh, No, that's about all I had to say about that. Okay. So there is actually one deck I want to keep my eye on now that I've trash-talked uh, all the... There's going to be no near, new Tier 1 decks. Um, and that's actually... Out of Japan, there's been this red-white control list for a while. Yeah. And it just, it oh, yeah. just curb stomps like aggro, mid-range, just like murders them. And there's, it's really good against combo as well. But it like has just an, an atrocious control matchup because it has it doesn't have enough uh, meaningful sources of card advantage. Uh, so I'm really interested to see if someone can rebuild the deck as maybe like Jeskai 
and fit or in Mardu. I'm not as interested in Mardu mm. because I think this guy would definitely be interesting. I think I think Mardu is just more removal, and the deck has removal, so it, I don't think it needs that. But I am interested to see just guy because just guy opens up a lot of ways to gain card advantage, which is where the deck has struggled. Mardu as well, dude. Did you forget how strong Painful Truths was? I don't think the deck can afford to lose three life on three cards. Three life. Yeah, it, that's a lot of, and it's a it's sorcery speed, so it's tempo loss too. We could just treasure cruise instead. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So I think and like and flash it back with our new uh, Snapcaster. Well, I mean, Search for like a Santa too, right? So yeah. I mean, I like Sorn, especially the six mana Sorn. You know, if you're playing like a big, a long grindy game against control. But what about Teferi and the new Ralzarek, which we haven't really talked yeah. about? I guess those are all possible. Plans. We shouldn't talk I about just... Ralzarek. You don't want to talk about Ralzarek? He seems interesting to me. He's he's five mana, five loyalty, plus one, looks at top two, one in the graveyard, one in your hand. Minus three is damage to target creature, equal to the number of instants and sorceries in your graveyard and in exile. So as And then his eight is some win the game emblem. Whenever you cast an instant of sorcery, four damage to any target, and you draw two cards. Mm. So, as a person who has just. That's all I play in Frontier is just like instants and sorceries matter. Let's turbo mm-hmm. through them and just like, you know, get, get all this value out of these instants and sorceries that I'm casting. Um, it's just too much mana. It's like, it, it's okay. The plus one is, it's pretty good. It, pretty par for the course for a five drop blue planeswalker. Uh, the downtick is, again, okay, but the kind of deck that wants to just turbo out instants and sorceries and be that kind of instant sorceries matters doesn't go to five mana. Mm-hmm. It just, there's no reason to. Mm. Okay. Okay. I might try it. I'll probably try it in Grixis. Like maybe a more Grixis control than a, uh, like a blue black control splashing red. I mean, if I, I'll give it a try. if I was going to do that, I think I'd want to be on like goblin dark dwellers or something instead in that slot. Hmm. Or, I mean, I mean, if you've found a slot for, like, Obnixilis in the past, I could see trying them in that same area. You know, it's minus to kill something, plus to draw cards. Emblem wins the game. I tried Nickel Bolas, and I never never could get him to work in a way I was satisfied right, with. I said Obnixilis, but not Nickel Are you talking about the big Nickel Oh, Bolas? shoot, shoot. I misheard. Yeah, Obnixilis is terrible in Grixis. I, that's, what I'm, that's where <laughs> I'm at. Okay, okay. Uh so anything to kind of wrap up our show? I think we're coming to the end here. Uh, I mean, I actually had one more topic I wanted to talk about. Sure. So I, know, yeah. I know you were going to talk about the archetypes, and you were going to talk about the color combinations next time, but I was wondering, mm-hmm. like, what cards get better because we have Fed, or be, because we have the, the Shock Lens now? We've had a lot of cards in the past that had, like, double mana or triple mana symbols that were just kind of unplayable in a lot of these two or three color archetypes because the mana wasn't good enough so i made a list of cards that i thought you know would get better because we can get like both black black white or double white or you know black black on turn two now mm. I'd, I'd love so, to hear your list i didn't prepare anything for this so like i'm i've, I've got yeah, if you want to run through a couple but i would say just keep it quick we i don't have much to respond okay. to either, i think so uh the two mana anafenza uh, Anathenza, okay. what's I forgot her name. Uh, the foremost, uh, Kintry Spirit. Yeah, the Kintry Spirit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so she's a, she's the double white, and you know she has the bolster effect. Whenever a creature comes into play, it's a plus one plus one. She's a spirit soldier. So I was thinking this would be a great card to have, like in a blue white spirits deck. 
I'm gonna tell you or... a story. I'm gonna tell you a story right now. Of how I broke the front. I broke the frontier format. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Is this like I how mi- uh, the guys, stories. the uh, the podcast guys, broke it with um, whatever that bad Gear Hulk was? Yeah, yeah, combustible Gear Hulk. That deck was oh, legit God. so bad. I it was, it was such a bad <laughs> deck. I remember playing against it. <laughs> okay, go on, go on. Matt. Okay, telling you a story. Um, so first, here's what you need to know: Collected Company, yeah. Court of Calling, Anafenza, Kintry Spirit. Double mm-hmm. Felidar Guardian. Uh, there you go. They get huge, right? Format broken. Ooh, and then what you can do is you can Court of Calling for Obnixilis. What? You can't... Oh, wait. We don't have Creature Obnix, do we? <laughs> yes, we do. We do? What? <laughs> we have one of them, yep. Oh, it, the, it's, it's whenever one you of fetch. my. Uh, it's been one of my, like, one day I'm going to do this. So that will never actually happen. The idea... But anytime someone's bringing up, like, crazy chord decks, I'm going to mention it. The six mana Obnixilis from M15, right? Yes, sorry, <laughs> that one. The idea behind behind that deck was like you would basically just you'd be playing a Coco value strategy like Bant Company, and then you'd just like accidentally have these Felidar Guardians and and uh, Anafenza in it, and then you'd basically just like play a Felidar Felidar Guardian, just like play it straight, target something, your Renegade Rally or whatever, and then you'd end of turn cord yeah, I think in. We've been talking for a while that we'd love to see. We'd love to see a Coco deck that could actually be a combo deck like we have in Modern. I think when we did an episode on what cards that we could see reprinted that would break the format, I mentioned, like, if we saw... What, what's the um, what's the oomph? Uh, oomph, oomph. Uh, Kitchen Finks. Uh. Or if we saw the other part of the the infinite mana combo. Like, that would make for a very interesting deck that we don't currently have in Frontier. I'd love to see Finks. I don't know if I'd love to see like a pre-existing modern combo. I'd like us to have our own. Mm-hmm. But like the idea with yeah. that deck is you just have Anafenza in play, throw out a Felidar Guardian, and then just end step Felidar Guardian and just blink them infinitely and stack up an infinitely sized board. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Anafenza was one idea. Uh, she'd be easier to play. You could play her in more decks now that you have the double white in whatever other color you need on that second turn. The other card, one of the other cards I was thinking about was Gifted Aetherborn. The 2-3 Death Touch Vampire. Yeah, Double he's black. He sees some play, but a lot of, like, especially like in Abzan, they, some decks play him, some decks don't because the man is so harsh. Mm-hmm. But Yeah, I don't think, like, Abzan's currently playing him. That's a good point. But I, I tried that once and it was rough. Like him and also in Grixis or, you know, if I, even if you wanted to play in Mardu, now you can. Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to be really good going forward, especially if Atarka or other aggro decks are going to become big. I think he gets, uh, not lifted, but he gets a bump in power. So I actually uh, played a deck with that, like with with the assumption we were one day going to get shocks in, in Frontier. And mm-hmm. I built this deck where it was like super low to the ground Abzan. And it basically ran like a bunch of two drops that were actually like really huge eventually. So it was like Sylvan Advocate and like Grim Flayer. And then I had the... Uh, Gifted Aetherborn just for like that extra little oomph. And then I ran mm-hmm. four uh, Renegade Rallier and uh, just kept bringing them back over and over again. And like I also had uh, like Tassiger in it. And it was actually like, it actually put it like, it was like pretty unfair to play against a lot of the, the more like the, the current decks of the format. Uh, obviously, 
it had shocks though, so it was kind of mm-hmm. like didn't matter at the time. But that's fair. That's fair. So the two other, I had two other ones that I wanted to talk about real quick, and then we can, if you guys have any other ideas, you can, you know, let me know. My other one was Archangel of Tithes, the one mana triple white, kind of tough to play, especially if you're playing yeah, we... like a two or three color deck. Okay, what was your last one? And uh, the last one was like a was Nissa World Waker. And we're getting all these extra, uh, how do I say, all these extra forests that can be untapped for mana. Uh, I guess that works. Like in some, I still like the other five mana Nissa more. Well, for card value. But I'm saying if you're like in some kind of ramp deck or, I mean, I don't know. I, you know, I'm thinking like Jund maybe or something along those lines. But it just lets you... Okay, I like the thought of that, yeah. Just, I mean, just an idea. I, I think we'll be on the lookout for more dual or triple colored cards that we weren't able to play before. I mean, what about the um, the three mana lich? So that's not I just want to like, I just want to back up real quick here. I don't think the problem with that with the the was it five mana Nissa the four mana Nissa yeah five mana five mana yeah the yeah. problem with her isn't her mana cost. I think it's that there's no support for her. There's no deck that wants her. Is is the problem? Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. If we had she better like play... two, one and two mana ramp, she probably yeah. would be playable. Yeah. And I think that kind of goes with the Lich as well that you were going to bring up, because I love him, and I tried mm-hmm. so hard to make him work. Um, <laughs> but the big thing is just having... I mean, yeah, on the one hand, mana is kind of hard, because you want to play him with, like, Thraben Inspector for the, to just be able to have, like, extra artifacts around early that you're not going to lose card yeah. advantage if it, get, mm-hmm. if it gets blown up. Uh, so, like, it's just, it's just really hard to have the setup for it. So I, I don't think it's a mana issue that's holding that card back, which sucks because I love that card. <laughs> All right. Well, if I get a chance to make that a deck with that card, I will. Uh, I'll ship it your way, Matt. So it's it's definitely something I think we should talk about a little bit more in, in a future podcast. I'd like to kind of go into more depth about what cards get better because of shocks. Yeah, it's nice to be able to brew. I think more colors will be playable. Pretty exciting. Um, that will bring us to the end of our week. We're, we're going to put our brew off off for next week because we uh, we've got a guest on the show right now. It's great to have um, you back, so Matt. Just, yeah, it really is. It's nice to have you around. Hopefully, you know you tend to join us for the uh, set reviews. We might be able to get you back on that one. I'll I'll do what I can. Just a word of okay. advice for our audience is just don't get a career, guys. They suck. <laughs> huh. Oh, but they're great. They let you do whatever you want hmm. while you find your little bit of time to play magic. I do have a lot more money now. <laughs> That's yes. true. Right. All right, guys. Well, we're MTG Frontier. We're MTG Frontier on Instagram, on Twitter, on Reddit. We've got our mtgfrontier.net website. Just uh, reach out, talk to us, make sure you're following the show. We love to hear from you. Anything you want to say. It's always awesome. Yes. Yeah, and if you guys want to contact me, Twitter at Yoshwanky, and uh, my blog is www.thejapanhobbyist.com. Anything you want to say, Matt? Uh, Thanks for having me, guys. Hopefully it won't be as long between uh, now and the next time I'm able to come on. So, uh, Yeah, yeah. it's always uh, it's easy to fit you in, and it's uh, great to have you. All right, well, guys, that's uh, that's it for the show tonight. We want to thank everyone out there. Uh, as always, look forward to being your go-to source for Frontier information online. Your final Frontier, signing off. <laughs>